to Kingdom Tuesday. Here we go. Andre, what's going on? How's it going, Brit? Oh, it's going well. It's going real well. Mm-hmm. Mm, so, you... Uh, Read the Bible one time. Mm-hmm. Didn't understand didn't all understand of it. Didn't understand all of it. <laughs> but I did Some people call it a hat blade. Uh, I call it a sling blade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I understood a great deal of it. Mm. <laughs> okay, go watch sling blade if you have no idea what we're talking about. Man, so, what's the actor's Billy name Bob again? Bobby Do- Bob, that, what's it? Billy Bob. Billy Bob Thornton. Billy Bob. Billy Bob. Billy Bob. Up there with the greats. <laughs> Up there with the greats. <laughs> totally. Like, you know, oh man, like the Apostle, Robert like Duvall. Like oh, hey. Robert Duvall, yeah. Oh. Yeah, totally. Bobby Duvall. Yeah. Oh man, so good. <laughs> All right. Um, so, hey, listen, we're talking about, um, uh, well, actually, just on the lead up to it, we're sort of, I suppose, in the realm of two kingdoms here. Um, but you did a well. We got smacked with the realm of two kingdoms because you you did a um, your first two official two age sojourn commission. Yeah, my my first host. Yeah, oh. <laughs> and I did it with an anti clown <laughs> 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 My my first, my first run of the ship, and I uh, I and headed you smashed the into anti clownian <laughs> rocks. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> but um, all right. So wait, wait, wait. We, no one knows what we're talking about. So basically. Um, you uh, you have a you had a connection to um, your your when you went to well, okay, Hang on, let, yeah. let me introduce this, right, Mike. Cool. Okay. okay, so so he's basically my my my, um, my old lecturer. He taught me apologetics at Oak Hill Theological College, which is where I, I studied. I did the the foundation degree there, and um, he he is also just like an awesome guy. He's written a bunch of books. Um, I see him here and there, and I just really enjoy talking to him. He's a he's a very passionate guy, great thinker, great communicator. He's definitely some of the most like um, uh, intense and uh, fun lectures that we went to. So I've just been keen to get him onto the show, um, just uh, from one level, just because he's he's great fun to talk to. Mm-hmm. But um, but and he knows his stuff, mm-hmm. and he's just brought out a new book which I was personally very excited about because it's all about uh, Christians and <clears throat> the media that they, they take in. It's called Plugged In. Okay. And um, it's all about Christians engaging with culture through media. It's like So, you know, being Christian and what we watch and, and listen to and, and so on. <clears throat> and, um, and I just think it's really timely because I don't think there are any thoughtful 
uh, books that I know about that really engage with that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like how to how to weigh up, you know, whether or not you should watch Game of Thrones from not just from like a pietist, mm. you know, uh, perspective, or from or from just like a, a superficial condemnation. You know, it, there's some deep thinking and hardcore theology behind the book, yeah. as I knew there would be, and so. Um, so I was really keen to talk to him about it and just and get his take on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so that was the first conversation. But in that conversation, uh, it, it you know we we started talking a little bit about one kingdoms, two kingdoms stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had a follow up conversation on the for the philosophy Friday on Christ and culture. Ah. Uh-huh. Um, which is uh, yeah, which is me just basically sort of finding out a bit more about where where he was coming from, and then we asked each other a few questions. So, mm. uh, so that was that. Um, right. Yeah. So that's that's coming out after this. Okay. Cool. So I haven't read his stuff, but yeah, just uh, based on what you're saying about him, and yeah, did you say like his book uh, sold like thirty thousand copies in some amount of days? Well. So it was weird because like it was a big launch on the first of May, right? Mm-hmm. And so I had put it in my Amazon wish list mm-hmm. um, because I wanted to get it and read it before I did the conversation with him. Mm-hmm. And then so I had the conversation with him on the third of May. The fir- between the first of May and the third of May, the book sold out. Wow! Hmm. So um, it's it it was ridiculous. I mean, I can't remember exactly what the numbers you told me were. Mm. It was all off air. You obviously didn't want to brag about it, but I mean, it's mm. ridiculous. It's hundreds of thousands of books sold wow. in in a couple of days. Yeah, it's that just yeah, totally it's, like, it's Amazon bestseller list. Wow, like in three days. <laughs> well, that, that definitely got me interested, you know, and um, yeah, just uh, his humility and being willing to just talk to to you know us and you, I suppose, and just yeah. So, amen to that. And you know, hey, you're innocent. Yeah, he was. He was. Um, he had just done a podcast with the Gospel Coalition. Oh, there we um, go. Which he thinks was a major contrib- contribution to why the book sold so fast. But right. um, uh, he he was super pumped to talk about you know, Two Kingdom stuff and Kleinian stuff. Mm. And so I kind of, in those podcasts, I, I teed him up to talk to you because obviously, like, I haven't even finished Kingdom Prologue yet. So I'm not <laughs> I'm not going to engage with him on Klein. <laughs> you can do that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, that's awesome. So hopefully we can get some I know more. about Klein comes from you, so I think it's better you have that conversation. <laughs> yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Um, so, yeah, no, but that's exciting. And uh, thanks for doing that. And, um, yeah, so anyways, that's coming out. We'll, we'll drop that on... Um, Let's see, this is Tuesday, so like we'll do that for Thursday and Friday. Yeah. And um, and then uh, let, let's talk about it now. So just because uh, it might take some unexpected yeah. turns. If you, you know, you've dialed into a two-age sojourning podcast, getting your daily fix of Klein. And uh, mm. next thing you know, you're being hit with one kingdom, um, <laughs> you know, super yeah. blasting PhD stuff. And uh, yeah, we, we might need to prep you for that. Um, but, well, it, uh, was, it was funny because I was just telling him how the podcast worked. And I was like, so it's Meredith Mondays. And he winced. <laughs> and I was like, Two King of Tuesdays. And he was like, sharp intake of breath. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> he basically, like all of his lectures, you know, he critiques Kleinian, Kleinian and Two Kingdoms perspectives. Wow. Um, like, basically for a living so um <laughs> but um but i said <laughs> yeah so i mean but having said that I, I i think it's still a good conversation to have and um it's good to have a, a sparring partner every now and again oh, to uh, thresh some of these things out on. and not just it's it's kind of good to no i love it i love uh, yeah, and i'm glad you did it and um 
you know, glad you didn't just like like hang up on him or something. <laughs> because um, <laughs> because the reality is, yeah, and it's not that you just want to have a sparring partner. It's like you want quality sparring partners. So you want a guy who's really, you know, he's looked at, he's sold on the other angle. And look, there, there's always things to be learned. You mentioned earlier to me just before we started recording that you know, in your discussion with him, you were, you know, you were eventually starting to see. Well, he was quite surprised at a few of your takes on things. You know, it can always happen. You can always work toward the middle, and it's 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 hardly ever um, a bad thing to try and do that. The, the 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 problem comes in usually when you have poor sparring partners or or just people that are just gung ho and not not willing to talk or not being reasonable about it, uh, or not knowledgeable as they need to be, or something along those lines. So yeah, with a guy like that, you'd just be more than willing to, even if you end up totally disagreeing at the end, it just no doubt be a profitable conversation. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was really interesting talking to him because um, I was surprised at the level of agreement mm-hmm. on you know in in terms of the kind of application where we land. So, um, you know, th- there's a lot of what he said that I would affirm wholeheartedly. It was just kind of more the exegesis of how he got there. Yeah, yeah, and that's usually the kind it, yeah. of theological assumptions of how he got there. Mm-hmm. And so there therefore there were like a few different bits and pieces. So mm-hmm. yeah, where he'd probably be going down the line of of encouraging Christian artists to create Christian art. Mm-hmm. You know, I I'd be encouraging Christian artists to just create art. Mm-hmm. And and it's you know, so there's there's that that difference, <clears throat> but um, but he, I mean, he's clearly read a lot of Ventrunen, okay, um, and who he engages mostly with. Um, so I, I the, the 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 pity was I haven't read a lot of Ventrunen, you okay. know, um, on two. I've read him on other things. I haven't read him on Two Kingdoms mm. uh, stuff, okay. and so um, that meant that we're slightly at odds in that I didn't know exactly what Ventrunen was saying. Um, Man, as what opposed does, to what Horton. does Van Drunen write about other than Two Kingdoms? Uh, well, he wrote like this the uh, Spelludere Gloria thing in the Five okay. Solas series. Got it. All right. And he's written, yeah, he's written loads of stuff. Right? <laughs> yeah, I suppose he has. <laughs> he's been so, so besotted with the Two Kingdom thing. I've loved his stuff, by the way. I've read pro- almost everything. I haven't read any, any of his uh, natural law stuff, you know, all his legal, you know. Yeah, I was about um, to say, he, reads, he writes a lot of natural law as well. But, um, uh, which I'm rec- totally down with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, he's got this new book out on bioethics and natural law, and I, I just, um, you know, just trying to clear some space to read it. But uh, it looks, it looks amazing. I love what he writes. I love everything that he writes. It's to- totally in agreement with whatever he says. Uh, I haven't, I haven't oh, yet okay. to find myself right. to disagree with him. You know. Okay. Cool. Mm. Nice. I thought you said you didn't, you didn't enjoy the Living in Two Kingdoms book, or you found it. Oh like no, it, it's not that I didn't enjoy it. In fact, like. Yeah, I know. I actually probably have miscommunicated that because uh, actually a few people have said, well, you know, why are you knocking two kingdoms? Why are you uh, living in two kingdoms? It's not. I never intended to knock it. It was more that it's just it was very old news by the time I got to it. Yeah, um, okay. And it's so like, didn't really, yeah, okay. Yeah. It's like reading God's Big Picture once you've already read Goldsworthy or something. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Or it's like reading Goldsworthy okay. after you read Klein. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's okay, like, yeah. could you have anything more dreary? You know, it's just like, dude. <laughs> I, um, yeah. Okay. Or you know, it's a yeah. It was one of those. But no, he's um. And, and if you if you wanted, and in fact, probably he is. Well, he is the best. I would say if if you um just wanted to focus in on this issue of two kingdoms. I remember it just when that book came out, though. Um, you know, Stellman's book 
was already published. Um, this is before he even went rogue, and um, and it was better. You know, it was just more. It just it just sort of was more pertinent, yeah. theologically acute. Yeah, I read Stillman's book. I thought that was great. It was amazing. It was just really it was a deeply you know profound book at so many levels, and it was just a, you know it was bringing everything out of um, the, you know Klein stuff and and Horton stuff and everything. And then, and then mentioning that of you know the one I read before that that was truly the game changer for me, which is really uh, you know dealing with almost exactly the same subject as Van Drunen's book was um, Horton's um, uh, "Where in the World Is the Church?" So, you know th- yeah, those two yeah. books on their own. By the time I got to, I was sort of hoping to push it a bit further, but really it wasn't the right book to look at if you did want to do that. Van Drunen has written other stuff though that is like yeah, he does yeah. his learn, history learn. of two kingdom doctrine uh, thing, which is amazing, and. Um, uh, and he's done a ton of scholarly articles, you know, just on every conceivable angle in Two Kingdoms. So, no, I really appreciate that guy, and um, I just agree with everything he said. I just love the way he is just uh, championing the whole thing, and and he's doing it in a balanced way. You know, he's not falling prey to any of the – as much as the his detractors would want to put him into a little um, – you know, extreme sector. He's just not. He's not that. He's not that guy. He's an impressive guy. You know, with pre- impressive yeah, cr- yeah. credentials. Very even killed in what he says. He's able to defend his his views well, and so no one can dismiss him too easily, though they try. He's not like a Scott Clark mm-hmm. character, where um, no, sure. you know, yeah, you're just yeah. on this obvious extreme of something where you know people can just. Even Scott Clark's awesome. You know, and he's he's a he's a legitimate uh, historian. Exactly, yeah. But yeah. but all the more so for Van Drunen, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. I mean, he he mentioned. Um, uh, I think it'd be good to set you guys up to talk about Klein stuff, um, mm-hmm. because he, he spoke about like Klein's intrusionist ethic, mm-hmm. which I have mm-hmm. no idea what that means. Okay. Yeah. You know what that means? Absolutely. Yeah. That's, yeah. Um, so I was going to yeah. ask him about it, but then I didn't really want to ask him about it because. Uh, it kind of wasn't on on topic, and so um, he was just kind of men- mentioning it in passing. Mm. But it's kind of so he he says he's thoroughly convinced of, that the exegesis that is wrong. Wow! Um, so that might be a good conversation to have. Mm. But I have no idea what that that even is even about. So mm, I wonder what he says about them. That'd be interesting. Um, but you mentioned earlier. Um, uh, uh, what were you saying? Something to do with? Um, oh yes, the. Uh, you, t- you ended up talking to him. He was in- he was interested that you were um, okay with Christians kind of um, making an impact on yeah, culture. So, yeah. So uh, I think he was surprised because you know, you know, his big passion is about helping Christians engage with culture. That's mm-hmm. what that book was about that we're talking about. Um, you know, his his whole uh, his whole thing is about. Um, kind of creating contemporary versions of Paul walking around Mars Hill, noticing all the idols and mm. kind of engaging with them and exposing them and and then, um, you know, showing how the gospel uh, confronts and um, and fulfills them as well. So mm. um, th- that's his big thing. And so mm. when he, he, I think he tends to, or maybe, I don't know, if I, I'm not sure if this is 100% fair, but he certainly seemed a little bit surprised that I was keen on seeing Christians engage with culture as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that actually, I'm big, I think, to be a Christian is to be human in its fullest sense of the word. And so, therefore, 
you know, to be participating in culture and to be participating in, uh, you know, um, uh, society and community and, and that kind of thing. Mm. But just to do that from the position of um, our, our vocation in the world rather than, you know, the, the vocation of the individual Christian mm. to be kind of the best shoemaker um, yeah. They can be charged, you know, a fair and just and excellent shoemaker or plumber or, or artist or <clears throat> whatever it is, mm. and just not to get all ghetto about it. So mm. instead of trying to create a Christian political party, be a Christian in in politics, mm-hmm. um, you know, in a, in a normal party where you can influence things and achieve more. Mm. Or instead of being um, setting up a a um, uh, a Christian music group you know just create music as a christian so so it's that kind it's that kind of vibe yeah it's not the um and actually that doing that would be a far more effective way of engaging the culture yeah so it's like we're both trying to get to the same thing but we just have different strategies Mm. and different uh, motivations and different expectations as to what that's going to look like Mm -hmm. and then obviously um I, you know, the the other big thing is keeping that church sacred calling mm, of mm. being disciples, making disciples, preaching the gospel, administering the sacraments, um, which actually he was quite close to in some ways as well. So when he spoke about the church's mission, it's very much preaching the word, feeding them up, administering the sacraments, sending them out each week, and then mm. they come back to be fed up, get the sacraments, go back. So it, a lot of the language is very, very similar. So there, there was a lot of crossover, mm. actually. Mm. Um, yeah no look i mean you, you read through oh it does i always talk about this but you you know i love to read kuiper's stuff <laughs> which is like mm. ironic but it's it's not because you know he he's sitting up a lot of the same categories and, and yet when i talk to neo kuiperians i mean i had a good friend uh in new zealand he's recently moved back to the states but uh, you know just um it was really interesting talking to him he's just very acutely transformationalist and neo kuiperian and um it was interesting because we we would talk and, you know, he would just exactly what you were saying there in that when you get down to asking the question, OK, well, OK, fine, you want to do Christian music or you want to you want to create a category for it. What does that mean? What does it look like? Does that mean you're actually singing about God in the music or does that just mean he's, he, typically it would mean no, no, it's just it's just objectively good music, you know, because it, it, it works with objective principles of music so you know it won't won't go postmodern you know random piano and, and try and swing it as something good um, or if you took it in the art thing it's going to lean away from abstract art and, and and go more to the to the classical sort of fine arts and mm-hmm. and um, because of an objective reality behind it, informing that artistic almost like Francis Schaeffer you know just just bringing all those sorts of ideas through and then uh, you know what does the Christian shoe look like you know for the Christian shoe yeah, exactly and yeah. it's just a good shoe sold yeah. at a fair price. You know, yeah. it's not, it doesn't have a fish on it. So at the end of the day, like, you know, that's exactly what we're, what we're arguing for at so many levels we're overlapping. And, um, and so what, what's interesting, I think, is that you, you have um, at that worldview cultural sort of engagement level, often there's this deep overlap, but where the fundamental rift and divide actually happens it's in. It's under the hood. It's in the covenant theology. It's on the exegesis of the, of the passages uh, themselves. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, yeah. for example, um, the, you know, the cultural mandate and um, and the Noahic covenants and uh, the Great Commission. I mean, those things are central, and uh, they will. The problem is less that they 
overlap in the two worldviews and more that they have they lean towards a, a scope of extreme that could move in in radically different directions um you know so yeah. so i think there were there yeah. were two there were two major exegetical issues that we covered mm. uh, that seemed that seemed to come up the one was um whether or not the covenant with noah is a common grace covenant mm-hmm. that was the first mm-hmm. the first big issue <clears throat> um and the other one was the relationship between the gospel and the cultural ma- i mean the great commission and the cultural mandate mm. Mm. so he he would see the covenant with noah as being not a common grace covenant but mm-hmm. as a you know a um a special grace covenant, you know, a special covenant with with his people, mm-hmm. uh, rather than the covenant for all humanity. Mm-hmm. And then um, he would also see the relationship between the uh, Great Commission and the cultural mandate as being the Great Commission is is the republication of the mm-hmm. cultural mandate, right? For yeah. the, you know, for the gospel, for the new covenant. Yeah. So. Um, which yeah, neither of those views I would agree with. I, I was, honestly, I, I still don't really understand how you can interpret Noah in mm. a non-common grace way. We didn't go into a huge amount of detail, um, but we were just more kind of putting all the issues on the table. And then, um, well, maybe just to uh, just to uh, jump in there because yeah. um, you wouldn't know this, but it follows on well from what I just re- recorded with Chris uh, for Meredith Monday. Um, okay, cool. And uh, that we didn't actually this this didn't go on to um, I've, I've got it in my archives, but I, I just edited it out because it wasn't working well with uh, the time frame we had. But uh, one thing we spoke about, and perhaps I'll just sort of slot it in at some point this week or the next week, is um, the the whole relationship of oh, you know Klein's really was very very um, a lot of his stuff brought to central focus. Um, the idea of common grace, though it was inherently present, I think in, in Providence and um, and even in Dutch theology. I mean, with 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 uh, Kuiper, certainly he had a doctrine of common grace very clearly. They would all agree then that that you know, in some way, shape, or form, what Noah was doing, um, uh, or at least what God was doing through Noah, was was enabling that that stage of humanity. Uh, through uh, upon which the the drama of redemption could work itself out, the the issue came more in in terms of um, uh, Klein's focus on that being a common grace kingdom. So uh, w- I found that really helpful because I mean I've been f- legitimately confused about that. Um, in that you know you often read about Kuiper being a very strong advocate or the Dutch tradition in general that they, they, they are the guys I've always referred to for the doctrine of common grace in its defense um, you know I never saw Klein as originating uh, anything there but uh, we, what Chris said was interesting in that uh, you know he mentioned they uh, it's less that they disagree on the doctrine of common grace and I imagine this would be uh, the case for Bavink and and even uh, you know it'd be interesting to find out where Fass, uh, where Vass sits um, on this issue, you know, coming straight out of that tradition, but um, and being the bridge to Klein and biblical theology, but um, basically saying, you know, they all agree on the common grace deal. It's just that uh, they see that as less a non-holy uh, common place and more a, a place that needs to see the impact of the gospel and be redeemed, so as to have its uh, effects in this world flow through to the to the next you know so they see the common grace activities um, 
as as having some sort of standing through the eschaton, um, and 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 that's the the drive for for trying to to bring things into redemption even prior to the Lord's coming, um, and so it's it's an interesting thing because we do even overlap even at that ex, you know we're talking about two extremely different positions here. And they overlap at so many levels, even on the doctrine of common grace. So maybe he meant something along those lines. Maybe um, you know he's he doesn't he, he affirms a, a common grace idea some somewhere along that line. Except he just doesn't want to see it as a place that cannot be redeemed. Yeah. But hey, um, let's just uh, draw this to a close. It's getting a bit long. We can uh, pick it up next time. Okay. Cool. Brilliant. Thanks for joining us. See you tomorrow.